Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lolly Carter Steelers Podcast. I am your host, Chris Carter, keeping it real right here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can download all of our podcasts, which uh, just got a lot bigger, by the way. Congratulations to all the new shows, whether you're around the 412, Yin's Hers, Steeler Nation Unite. Ah, uh, man, like, 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 I know I'm probably missing a few. I'm very sorry, but I just, like, like there were so many shows we're adding. So we got a lot of great content. I, I kind of hinted at it. I, I apologize to anyone in our staff uh, if I blew their show out of the water. Oh, um, uh, Fifth Ave, the Fifth Ave podcast also with Taylor, Jenna, and Jordan. Really pumped about that as well. Um, also, shout out to whoever came up with that name. I, I have a feeling it's Taylor because she's always been a fan, fan of the show Party on Fifth Ave. Um, because uh, I'm pretty sure that's what that was alluding to. And Party on Fifth Ave, that's that good old Mac Miller shout out. Taylor Alderdice. Y'all know I'm a graduate of there. So uh, lots of love for that. I'm really excited for all the great content here. And you can get it all for free on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Check us out at DKPittsburghSports.com. Now. Dale, unfortunately, cannot be with me on this show, but hey, y'all know me. I could carry this show for for another day. Um, Dale's, you know, he's driving back to Carolina. Long trip, long night he had. Um, we're, but I'm going to give you a lot of the breakdowns that you need before roster cuts happen and just a final sense to close out what the heck went on this preseason. Now, if you were listening to this podcast all throughout preseason, and you better well have, you were hearing me and Dale, each week, try to calm down the Dwayne Haskins hype. Now, anyone who knows me knows I'm all about hype. You know, I'm excited. I want to do that. I was like, let's go. Let's let's get excited for this guy. But Dwayne Haskins, when he was having his success, we had to put it into context. He was going up against backups. Wasn't a whole lot placed on him. And people point to, well, you know, Mason Rudolph still never led a touchdown drive throughout throughout the preseason. And people were thinking, oh, man, Dwayne Haskins, he's supposed to start Friday against the Panthers. This is his chance. He's going, he's going to light it up, and the whole world will see that he's the number two quarterback. Well, of course, that didn't quite exactly happen. Numbers weren't terrible when you look at it from the stat sheet standpoint. But when you look at how he performed in the first half and even getting a drive to start the second half, it was very bad. Uh, he did come in on that last drive to go 5-5 five five for 70 yards and a touchdown pass, his second touchdown pass of the preseason. 
but you saw the limitations. And yes, that was also it's a, it was also not a fair sample size because didn't have Juju, didn't have Deontay, um, didn't have the full offensive line. Was going up against you know Carolina's first team. You know, like there's there was a lot of things that go into that. But that was his chance to show Mike Tomlin and the Steelers offense, like, hey, I've I'm much farther than anyone projected I would be. But that's not what happened. Now, again, this doesn't mean that Dwayne Haskins stinks and is doomed to stink forever. I think that, you know, 9 of, nine of 16, 108 yards, one touchdown, one interception, meh, you know, whatever. But um, it, it shows that he's got a ways to go. What I think the biggest thing to glean from this is let's see how he responds to this performance. Now, of course, we won't see it on the field because he's not going to touch the field unless disaster has struck. And if that happens, well, the season's probably over by then. But what I'm talking about responding is how we see him practice throughout the year. His mentality, you know, does he, you know, is is he taking his job seriously? You know, assuming he's the third quarterback and he gets that clipboard, how much is he helping Ben during the season? What gets said about his preparation week in and week out? And let's say there comes a week where they need to sit Ben or Ben gets hurt for a week and they need to play Mason Rudolph. And let's see Mason Rudolph struggles. Has he? Will he have done enough by that point to say that you know what, Mason, it's not your day. We're putting in Dwayne. That's what I'm talking about, rebounding. Because that's ultimately what I think a Mike Tomlin or any NFL coach really values in players the most, right? It's not how you respond when everything's going in your way, when it, when everything's easy. It's how you respond when things get rough. It's how you respond when you don't have all your starters when you don't have everything working against you, when the opponent is loaded, and when there there are things that are working against you, um, that's where you that's where you want to see how how a person responds as a player and how you know like hey when the chips are down. I mean that's something you can always say about Ben Roethlisberger when when everything was down that guy wasn't giving up he was gonna fight through even if he didn't have the guys to fight through with at the time. I mean, go back and look at some of those mid-2000s years when the team's secondary was Cody Sensabaugh, Mike Mitchell, Sean Davis. I mean, it was just already burned. It was just it was rough times that they had on that team. They should not have been competing as well as they did. But Ben Roethlisberger, that offense, that team as a whole, they found ways to compete. And that's what you want out of your quarterback. Even if he's not super talented, even if he doesn't have the best arm, even if he's not the most mobile, you know, will he be able to stick to the plan? And respond properly. And that's what they want to see out of Dwayne Haskins. And uh, I, I usually don't try to do this because I don't want to tie in, you know, real serious things with sports. Because, again, it's just sports. It's just games. We're having fun. It's entertainment. But it, it goes back to the old school MLK quote. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Now, that's, of course, about, you know, it's not about where you stand when... There's no issues here, but, you know, when someone's being oppressed, when someone's being hurt, what are you doing? When when your job is on the line, you know, like Colin Kaepernick, you know, he really believed in that. Well, he put his job on the line. That's that's what Martin Luther King was talking about. But in the same in the vein of football, in the vein of playing the game, how do you stand? Do you keep your composure? Do you stay to the team? Do you keep going through your reads, going reading your keys and listening to what your coach tells you? Or do you shut down from the world and basically close close everything out, make this about yourself and try to make things happen. That's what'll tell the career of Dwayne Haskins. 
And to be fair, not that it was this drastic, but we kind of saw that from Dan Moore Jr. this offseason, right? And I said this a lot during those early weeks of training camp, the first couple practices when they put those pads on. Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith were beating the snot out of Dan Moore Jr. Now, he was also fighting back. Like, yeah, that guy was scrapping all through training camp. But those were guys, they were just beating him left and right. And people were like, oh, man, he's not ready. I just, I don't know. But I was saying, like, well, I'm really high on, on uh, Alex Highsmith. And Melvin Ingram is a longtime veteran who is used to doing that to younger players. I'm not going to say it's a bad for Dan Moore. It might just be a cutting his teeth thing. It might be a welcome to the NFL thing. And let's see how he responds throughout preseason. Does he does he you know curl up on a ball and not play as well? Does he not grow from those losses, or does he come out and does he show he's more of a complete player than what we were giving him credit for as a fourth round draft pick rookie early in camp getting beat up by veterans? And lo and behold. He did just that all throughout all throughout uh, preseason and training camp. You saw his improvement steadily every week, and I'd say even in that final uh, that final week against the Panthers, Dan Moore Jr. grew. That's my biggest challenge to Dwayne Haskins is okay. You had some success early, but then you had some not success late. I guess failure would be the word right there, Chris. Not not success. That would be smarter. Ugh, English. But I guess that's where Dwayne Haskins has to has to go from here is how does he grow and i'll say this just like dale and i have been saying all off season back when they signed dwayne haskins in the spring it was never about either of these guys being the heir it was never about either of these guys being the next ben roethlisberger it was just about who could you know could mason rudolph just show hey i'm still the viable number two option here in the pinch and can Dwayne Haskins show, hey, I'm not this goofball that I was made out to be in Washington. I mean, those actions do stick with him. It's not saying that they don't. But I am a viable NFL quarterback that can sit in a quarterback room, learn and grow, and be a good player. You're seeing kind of that with Jameis Winston, right? Guy was a first-round draft pick that wasn't didn't live up to the hype in Tampa Bay, had some rough stories around him, had some goofball moments around him, sat behind Drew Brees, and now in this preseason – He's uh, showing to be a little bit better. Those are the things you want to see out of him. But there's other guys that showed up in these preseason games. I want to talk about them in just a minute right here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Be right back in a second. Back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter, and we are continuing to wrap things up here for Steelers preseason. Now, again, we're looking forward based off of what we learned about the younger players on this roster, right? There were tons of guys who were fighting for camp spots, and again, it's about how you respond to bad moments, to, th- to when things didn't roll your way, when a guy scores a touchdown you and you're a cornerback, when you throw an interception and you're a quarterback, how do you step back out there? When you take a big hit as a running back or you fumble as a, as a return man, those are, that'll often determine a lot about how the, the coaches see you. Because then they see that's, that's when you know, that's when they, oh, that guy's a professional. He's not a kid who just turns, turns his tail and runs or tucks his tail and runs whenever things get tough. He, he dug deep, found answers within himself, and made them happen. 
Now, guys who have done that, Justin Lane. I give this guy a lot of credit because when this camp started, he was one of my guys I circled, and I was like, man, if he does not show up, he is in trouble. And there were a couple of early practices where it was not looking good. He was losing one-on-one battles to Rico Bussey. There was a practice where he got utterly destroyed by Chase Claypool in a blocking drill and just looked really bad. He had that off-season incident where he was caught with a gun in his car and there was potential felony, but eventually got thrown out. And he got, you know, he he was able to get away from that. But all signs are pointing to Justin Lane not having the kind of offseason or the kind of preseason that he needed. And with James Pierre emerging, with Mark Gilbert playing better, with you know the Steelers needing answers at cornerback, you know he was going that, that that was not looking too great for him. But I'd say after like the second or third week of training camp, something clicked for Justin Lane. He became more consistent. He was playing the ball better, more reliable. You couldn't pick on him nearly as much. And he solidified, to me, he solidified himself on this roster as a legit cornerback that can be brought up in emergency situations. He's also a good special teamer. But that's the kind of response that you want to see from guys. Now, the Steelers wanted to see that kind of response from Benny Snell after being hurt for most of preseason. As they always say, you can't make the club from the tub. But... In this game, he didn't, you know, he didn't have phenomenal numbers. Did lead the team in rushing with eight carries for twenty-eight yards, or three and a half yards per carry. But the big thing to me was when something was there, because again, he had they they were going with their reserves against the Carolina starters. But when something was there, he got it. He had a seventeen-yard run, which I thought was really impressive. He still runs hard. They want to see that in their guy. But still, to me, the bat, the number two is Kalen Balash. Two carries, eight yards in this game, but he's consistently thrown shown throughout preseason and in training camp. He can block and pass protection. He can catch the ball at the backfield. He takes what's there as a running back, and he won't make the, the huge mistake. At least he hasn't made the huge mistake of putting the ball on the ground or, you know, running the the wrong direction on a run play when the offensive line did their job and moved things forward. So when I look at these guys and I say, and I look at, you know, Dwayne Haskins, who do you look to? You look to guys that have responded like Justin Lane, like Dan Moore Jr., you know, or, or even bigger than Ben Roethlisberger. How many times has Ben Roethlisberger had rough games and dug down? Think back to that 2017 season. Think back to when Ben Roethlisberger was in that locker room after he threw five interceptions to the Jacksonville Jaguars and people were asking him about his performance and he said maybe I don't have it anymore and the national media rung him up a good one they was talking all sorts of mess about him he and the Pittsburgh Steelers took it to the NFL after that game they were three and two after that Jaguars loss Ben Roethlisberger made sure they was not going to lose a game for another like two months They won eight games in a row. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Lions. Two of those being on the road. Beat the Colts on the road. Blew out the Titans at home. Beat the Packers at home. Beat the Bengals on the road. And then beat the the Ravens in still one of the more 
remarkable finishes I've ever seen when TJ Watt sacked Joe Flacco, the ball rolled out of bounds, and John Harbaugh didn't realize that in the in the last minutes of the fourth quarter, the the clock does not stop for the ball rolling out of bounds. And was one Jesse James call from beating the New England Patriots and Tom Brady that year, and they would have finished the year winning, what would it have been? 10 games in a row? 11 games in a row? They would have won 11 games in a row heading to the playoffs, and they wouldn't have had to face the Jaguars until the final round of the playoffs. They most likely would have gotten the Titans and Marcus Mariota in, the, in, in that divisional round, and they probably played that team a lot better than they played the Jaguars. But I digress. Ben Roethlisberger is a key example of bouncing back in those moments. Now, other guys, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Dwayne Haskins because, again, it's the backup quarterback spot. But there's other guys that have been fighting for their roster spots. I think Ray McLeod had opened the door for a Matthew Sexton or a Cody White to, to, put, to make some push there. But Matthew Sexton, bobbling the punts, eh, twice. That, that, will, that will lose you a job real fast. And I tweeted this during the game. It just reminds you how hard it is to make it in the NFL. Matthew Sexton ran a sub 4-4. A sub 4-4. Do you understand how fast four, you have to be to be 4-4? If you're running in the 4-4s, you're a ridiculously fast human being. Like, if you're running 4-5, you're a solid NFL athlete. 4-6, it's like, okay, you better have some technique about you, but you got some. You probably got something there. But when you're running the 4-4s, you're, you're fast. If you're running before below a 4-4-5, you're really, really fast. Devin Bush ran a 4-4-2. That was, that was like lightning for a linebacker. If you're running a 4-4 flat, I, I don't want to have to ever race you or bet against you racing. If you run below a 4-4 flat, like Matthew Sexton has, holy crap. You're insanely fast. Like you, you, you need to be on a Sonic game. You need to be racing the Flash. You need to be helping Wiley Coyote catch the Roadrunner. That's how fast Matthew Sexton is. And he had a really good training camp. Made some nice catches. Ran some nice routes. Had a couple really good returns in the preseason. Everything that you could want. It's extremely fast. Make good plays in camp. Good returns on on tape. And all of it goes away for a couple mistakes. A simple mishandling of the football. And now everyone's like, well, see you, Matthew Sexton. Think about how hard that is. And sometimes, like I said, with Dwayne Haskins and other guys, Justin Lane, sometimes when you're a Matthew Sexton and you don't have that pedigree, you don't get that chance to rebound. But such is life in the NFL, as, my, as Mike Tomlin will tell you. Other guys that, that I think that uh, need to bounce back or show something in some regard. Robert Spillane, I mean, jeez. I knew it was bad in coverage, but not that bad. I mean, with, early on, I was like, okay, okay. Terrence Marshall scored a touchdown on him. Terrence Marshall was, you know, one of the top receivers in this NBA, NBA NFL draft class coming out of LSU. Everyone was really excited to see this guy. People felt like he shouldn't have been, you know, he should have been drafted before the second round. When that happened, I was like, okay. And also, don't. Start with me about the linebackers on receiving things. The Steelers were in zone. The um, the 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 Panthers ran a crossing pattern where he went up the middle of the field. That just happens. It happens to every single team at, at some point in time. But as the game went on and like the reserves of the Panthers came on and they were still toasting Robert Spillane, it was like, okay, buddy, that'll do. The Steelers need help there. They got Joe Schobert. They might need someone else. 
And Buddy Johnson, to me, still looked like he needs work as far as processing the defense and getting his feet wet there. He's got plenty of time to do it, but not before week one when they play the Bills. Because let me tell you, Josh Allen is looking ready. If you watch that preseason game he had against the Packers, I mean, my goodness, some of those throws and him just moving around. This defense is going to get tested fast. And Robert Splane cannot afford to be in any coverage situation when Josh Allen's on the field in a couple weeks. But there were guys on defense I did like. Isaiah Loudermilk, five tackles, a sack, really good showing. Uh, the Steelers' defensive line, to me, they're extremely deep. That might be the, the deepest part of the team. We talk about the wide receiver room all, all the time, but my goodness. Stephon Tuitt didn't play a lick of training camp or preseason. But guess what? He's right there. Or they're right there, excuse me. Tyson Alulu is in there. Isaiah Bugs looks good. Chris Wormley is contributing. You still got Cam Hayward as the leader of the room, but now Isaiah Loudermilk's coming on. And now you're like Henry Mondo. You know, Dale, that's that's Dale's guy. You know, when he comes back on here again, he'll tell you, I'm, Henry Mondo's my guy. He, he's been pointing at that guy for a while. I mean, Carlos Davis would be a tough cut because I, he's the kind of build. He's big. He put him on kick return because he can move. That's a tough guy to let go, you know, and, and have to hit your practice squad. But that's part of the part of the deal, right? Trey Nowhere dropped a pick, but all in all, I still think that he's uh, headed in the right direction for what they need. But I think this team definitely needs help at inside linebacker for more coverage questions. If Schobert or Bush go down this year. Offensive tackle, I think it would behoove them to get a veteran because Chikumo Korfor had a rough end, just like he had a rough beginning to training camp. Unless they feel like Dan Moore Jr. is the guy and can be the guy, but again, I wouldn't put all my chips on a rookie. I'd go get a vet. They still got cap space to work with. Those are the guys that I'd be looking at, how they respond in these next couple weeks before the Buffalo Bills. Because remember, the Steelers do have a week off as we get ready for pit football to get their kickoff on september 4th saturday at heinz field i'll be there check out the h2p podcast where i get you ready for that by the way the steelers got two weeks who rebounds who shows resilience we'll see who even gets the opportunity to as roster cuts are announced tuesday august 31st 4 p.m from the Steelers facility in the south side. I'm Chris Carter. Thanks for listening to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. Check out all our work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Download us anywhere you get podcasts. We'll be t- stay tuned right here. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Be back in the ears real soon. <laughs>